Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. We're going to be looking at the book of James tonight again. Specifically tonight, we're going to be going to James chapter 3. And tonight, uh, as we get into the Word, just open up your hearts fresh because God has something. God has a preemptive word for you tonight. Tonight's word is designed by God to change your life forever. That's the way God works. One word from God, be it a word of knowledge or prophecy, be it a word of encouragement. One word from God, be it a sermon. You know, just one word from God changes everything. And I know that lives can change in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Mine did, yours did. But that's not the last change God has planned for us. There are more changes on the way. Tonight, the, the title of this message that is designed by God, purposed by God to change your life forever. I hope that you will receive one thing tonight from the Lord, whatever it is. It might be something I say. It might be something you hear in your spirit that I never referred to. But tonight, determine that you're going to receive one thing from the Lord. For where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst. And we should never come into the presence of God without expecting to get a word from him. Because that's what he does. So receive tonight something. Set your mind, set your heart that you're going to take something home with you, something to eat and something to give to others, okay? Something. You're going to find someone in life in the next few days, in the next uh, uh, week perhaps. You're going to find someone that's going to need a gentle nudge, a gentle encouragement. Find a way to say what God gives you tonight in a gentle and encouraging way. Not a discouraging way, not a judgmental way, not a critical way, not a sarcastic way. Okay? Uh, don't cut and run, but rather pour out the oil of, 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 of God. Just pour out the balm, the healing balm of God on others. Take something with you tonight for yourself and for others. Tonight, the... the, the sermon title, the title of our message tonight is only you can prevent forest fires. Okay. Now, if that's all you took home with you, that'd be enough. All right. Only you can prevent forest fires. You recognize that bear right there? That's Smokey Bear. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Smokey Bear was created on August the 9th, 1944, I know some of you remember that whenever he was created. He was, uh, he was created uh, when the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council, they agreed to use a fictional character in order to, uh, to use him as a symbol for their joint effort to cut down on wildfires, on forest fire prevention. The first poster of Smokey Bear depicted uh, a, a bear pouring water on a fire. Okay? Later on, however, uh, Smokey Bear became known for his popular saying, only you can prevent forest fires. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Uh, 
he also encouraged others to realize that nine out of ten fires could be prevented if people would not start them. <laughs> okay? If they would pay attention, not be negligent, and not do it on purpose. Okay? Nine out of ten. In 1947, uh, they popularized that slogan, only you can prevent forest fires. And we've had that around for a lot of years. Well, indeed, still now in the year 2019, nine out of 10 forest fires, 90% actually of all fires are actually started by people and they either get out of hand or else they were intentional. More than 260,000 fires are intentionally set each year by arsonists. Isn't that amazing? There are laws in the state of Utah that says that if you accidentally start a fire, you cannot be charged with a criminal act. It's only a misdemeanor. Yet, states like California have enacted what they call reckless burning ordinances and laws. You can be criminally prosecuted for negligence when it comes to starting fires. There's just been so much uh, burn up on that west coast and we see it constantly there are fires burning tonight as we sit here what would you say tell me what you would say uh, about a person that accidentally started a fire and it burned down destroyed one of their family members houses or maybe their neighbor's house what would you say about a person who accidentally started a fire that destroyed someone else's property or someone else's life? What would you say to that person or what would you believe or imagine about that person if you found out that that was the 25th accident they've had and the 25th house of their family member that they have burned down the 25th neighbor in their community that they have caused a destruction in their home would that change how you felt or imagined about that person yeah well I think that it should Julio Gonzalez was responsible for only one fire that's all he only started one fire. Julio Gonzalez was responsible for setting the fire at the Happy Land nightclub in the Bronx in New York in 1990. It killed 87 people. What had happened is that Julio had a girlfriend that worked in that nightclub. And he got into an argument that day with his girlfriend. And it ended up with the management kicking him out of the nightclub. He went home and drank, and the more he drank, the more angry he got, and he felt the injustice of it all, and so he got a can of gas and went back and poured it on the only stairwell leading in to that upstairs nightclub, and he set it afire. Most of the victims were trampled to death, or they suffered asphyxiation. Julio Gonzalez was charged with multiple counts of murder for perhaps the only fire he ever caused. 
Raymond Lee Euler. He was arrested and charged with the murder, uh, with a murder during the 2006 Esperanza wildfire that destroyed 40,000 acres in the San Jacinto Mountains. This deadly fire, they knew it was caused by arson. They knew it was set on purpose. And it seemed like a small fire to begin with, but when those Santa Ana winds picked it up, it became a wildfire. The deadly fire caused by arson purposefully set by Raymond Lee Euler worsened. Five firefighters were killed while defending a vacant home that they were trying to save from being destroyed by the fire. Orler was arrested not only for the Esperanza fire, but as well for two other wildfires that were set in that same year. He was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder, 20 counts of arson, 17 counts of using an incendiary device, and the jury in 2009 called for the death penalty for him. Wow. Starting fires that destroy lives, property, hopes, dreams. Why would someone do that? It can quickly get out of hand. Have you found James chapter 3? Verse number 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. Basically, James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, he had been pastor there for perhaps 30 years He's writing here as a seasoned man of God, and he's saying everybody makes some mistakes at some times. If anyone, however, does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Now, this apostle of faith, this pastor of the first church that was ever birthed in the earth, this example of examples to us. This man of God is saying that everybody messes up at some times, but when you mess up with your words, there's no telling what else is going on in your life that you may not be acutely aware of. Indeed, verse 3 says, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, verse 5, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know how much can be burned down by a little fire? Starting a little fire with your tongue, how much it can destroy, 
how many lives and families and futures and hopes and dreams it can destroy by just having an unruly tongue. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. What, the, what, what this brother, this half-brother of Jesus, raised in the same house he was raised in, is saying to us, He's simply saying that God Almighty has purposed and has set the tongue in a very special place in our lives so that our tongue, if we can control our tongue, we can control our life. If we can control our tongue, we can control and, 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 and rule our whole body. If we can bridle our tongue, we can bridle our whole life. And yet our tongue is set in the place in our life where it has the potential to defile everything we do. And everything we are. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature, of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You might say, well, how in the world can we fix this? We'll get to that a little later. He doesn't leave us there, praise God. But he wants to let you know that you can't just live life not paying attention to it because it is set in the body and purposed by Satan himself to cause trouble in the earth. For you, for everyone else. It's purposed by the devil to be used for his glory to divide and destroy families and friends, relationships. The Bible says in Proverbs where there is no tale bearer, the strife will cease. Just exactly, he says, like where there is no wood, the fire will go out. Verse 9. With the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. He's still talking about the tongue. Let him show by, 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 by the things that you are paying attention and, 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 and keeping a watch on. That his works are done in meekness, in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have... Now this is a, this is a key verse. If you have bitterness in your life if you have envy in your life if you are selfish and self-seeking if that happens to be something a trait that you are burdened with a trait you were born with or a trait that you have adopted in life if you have embraced 
a selfish approach to life so that everything is always and all about you. If you are filled with bitterness or envy, if these things are in your hearts, do not boast. That's what you will have a propensity to want to do. What is boast? Boasting is saying that I'm better than you. I'm better than somebody else. Lifting yourself up above others. That's what happens when people are bitter and they're envious and they're selfish. They try to exalt themselves above others. They somehow try to put themselves on the plane that, that, that others aren't. Others are lower. So not only are they boasting, but they also lie about the truth. Because the truth is they're not better than other people. And only lies can foster that feeling. This wisdom, what wisdom? The wisdom that says that, that in order for me to be better, I've got to tear you down. Seeking to excel at the expense of another. Believing that somehow my victory is in my enemy's defeat. And believing that everyone who's not for me is an enemy. Our victory is never in our enemy's defeat. Our victory is in Christ. This wisdom does not descend from above. The wisdom that, that causes a person to use their tongue to fight their battles. Or to destroy their enemies or to somehow bring disparaging and you know, slanderous comments or start fires. Even little fires. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Now, I didn't write this, and I'm not referring to a problem. I'm giving you a preemptive principle in life. Because hopefully this week, you'll be able to find a way to gently nudge a friend and encourage them to not destroy someone else's home. To not destroy someone else's life. To not murder and create slander and accusations. To lift themselves up above others. Hopefully you'll be able to gently save another family. Okay? I'm not speaking to you about a problem. I'm speaking to you about a principle. Okay? Receive something from tonight. For where envy and self-seeking exist. Confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, like I say, this was written 2,000 years ago by a pastor who didn't even know your friends. He didn't even know your spouse. He didn't even know your enemies. But he says where there is envy... And where there is self-seeking and self-interest, where that exists, there will be confusion and every evil work. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, there's a different wisdom available. It is first pure, pure-hearted, seeking only the will of God and not presuming you know it because God may not want every one of your enemies killed. Hello? Hello? He might want to save them. In fact, I know he does. Then it's peaceable. If what you're going around saying is not spreading peace and leaving peace, 
it could be demonic. If it's causing division, it is demonic. I didn't say that. He did. Okay? Jesus did. The Holy Ghost did. Then it's gentle. And it's willing to yield. And it's full of mercy. And it's full of good fruits. And it's without partiality. It's not prejudicial. It doesn't accept some people because of their state or station, race or religion, economic strata. It's without partiality. It's not given out. Mercy is not just given out to special people. To people who like us or are like us. It's without partiality and it's without hypocrisy. That means that we're not, you know, getting on to someone else or saying something about someone else when we're doing the same thing just in a little different area of life. Because this is one of the things that I have found in my life is that whenever I would want to be judgmental or critical, give it two or three days and the Lord will point out in a place in my life that I did the very same thing that I was wanting to point out in somebody else's. You ever had that happen to you? I've had that happen to me. More than once. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. It's without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We are called to be peacemakers. Okay? Not problem pointer outers. Okay? All right. Now we're going back to James, the first chapter. Because that's where we left off last week. Okay? And I'd like to kind of get it all in. We just did the third chapter out of sequence. Back to chapter 1 now. James chapter 1. We left off there last week. We're picking up in verse 19. So then... James writes, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Slow to get all upset and full of wrath. Why? Because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We are on on an adventure, hopefully, and hopefully we are... we are, aim, we are aiming our words at, at, at changing someone for the better instead of just fussing about them being bad. Okay? That makes sense? Fussing won't change anything. Complaining doesn't change anything. Okay? Cursing the darkness does nothing to light the lamp. But the reality is, is that When we get angry or upset and let our tongue unbridle that tongue and unleash it and let it run, then we will not be able to produce anything godly. We won't be able to produce the righteousness of God. We won't be able to bring correction, instruction, reproof. We will be producing unrighteous fruits. We'll be calling for anger and we'll be calling, you know, the Bible says that just like the, 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 the continual hitting and squeezing of a person's nose brings forth blood, so does the forcing of an issue bring forth strife. That's what it calls for. But if we're really wanting to produce for God, we're going to have to really somehow 
not let our tongue become that spark that creates a fire and destroys other people's lives. Whether it's tearing them down, their self-image, in their own eyes or in your eyes or someone else's eyes or trying to get God to think bad about them. Verse 25. Now, if anyone among you thinks that he is religious, if you think you're a Christian, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about religion in our frame. He's talking about if you really think that you are seriously connected to God, if you really believe that, okay, if you, if you really think that you're a Christian and you do not bridle your tongue, you are deceived. Sir, ma'am. <laughs> oh, this is good stuff, isn't it? Your own heart. You're deceiving your own heart. You're deceiving yourself and you are telling your heart to believe something that God doesn't believe. You're not being like him at all. You can't claim to be a Christian and go tearing up other people's lives. You can't, you can't claim I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. No, you're, you're deceiving yourself. That person's religion is useless. That person's relationship with God is worth nothing. Wow. That's getting pretty strong for this pastor, but I guess he'd been there 30 years. He didn't really care if they kept him or not. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess when you get real close to going to be with Jesus, you kind of try to, you know, make a little better difference or something. Well, our tongue needs to be watched. And we're the only ones that can watch it. An unbridled tongue will defile the person who owns it. An unbridled tongue, we've just read in, in, in chapter 3 and also in chapter 1. I'll, I'll put these things together uh, as, as I'm beginning to close. An unbridled tongue uh, will lie. It will boast about itself. It will have unruly conversations, you know, unleashing arguments and, 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 and complaints, unruly, unable to be controlled. It will curse others, and it will start fires that injure others. Now, there are basically four ways that fires are started. Number one, accidental. You know, it, it's a true accident. Accidents do happen, Okay. I mean, sometimes you're going to say something by accident that's going to offend or hurt someone, someone else, okay? It, it happens. But even just exactly like Miss Margaret Bostick spoke up a moment ago, what happens when a person accidentally causes a fire? Well, they should pay for it. Well, yeah, that's still, you know, I mean, you're still responsible for it. Um, I didn't mean to. Doesn't relieve us of responsibility for what we caused. A second way is through negligence haphazard or inconsiderate actions and behaviors and words that we just have a habit of saying things that hurt people. It's just negligence. We're just not paying attention to, 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 to what is, 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 uh, is acceptable by God. Just negligence. We just, let our, we just let our tongue run our life. Okay? We don't mean to hurt anybody, but we're negligent. That's the person that just keeps on, you know, causing the 25 fires. Arsons. Arsonist. You know, arsons, that means to intentionally set a fire 
Because you have some desire, you have some goal that you think destroying someone else will achieve. That's what an arson does. That's the definition of an arsonist. Uh, To intentionally set a fire for a personal reason that you think destroying something else by fire will somehow address that personal problem. Okay? It'll make you feel better about what was done to you if I could just get them back. Okay? Or whatever the goal is, to try to accomplish some goal by intentionally destroying something else by starting a fire. Or... The last thing, there's pyromania. Pyromaniacs, okay, they're a different breed. They're insane. That's the, that, is the, that is the definition. It's an insane uh, insanity that, that's, that causes people to somehow feel good whenever they see destruction caused by fire. And we know people in every category and class here there are some people that are insane and just love to, they just love to see people at one another's throats. That's demonic. They feed on the feeling that everybody else is having as bad a time as I am. Oh, I love it. I just start fires because I love to watch the chaos. There's something in my life that I love to see destruction. That's demonic. Arsonists, they're just deceived. They just think that they can accomplish something they want by destroying something somebody else has. Like the guy that started the one fire in the nightclub. He had a reason why he wanted to start that fire. It was a purpose. I'm going to get them back. They, they, I'll, I'll show them. Yeah. The unbridled or the unruly tongue is motivated, James said, by three things. Uh, It's earthly, sensual, and demonic. It's motivated by carnal logic, by our own stinking thinking. That's earthly. Okay? Our own stinking thinking justifies us starting a fire. Okay? Or it's sensual. Our feelings, our emotions. Somebody hurt me. I just feel, and I'm going to start a fire on them. I'll show them. I'll destroy their family. I'll burn down their house. Or demonically inspired, literally inspired by the devil to destroy good lives. That's what an unbridled, unruly tongue is motivated by. Well, there are two steps I'll give you tonight that will help to keep us from kindling destructive fires with our tongue, whether it's by accident or by negligence or whether you're an arsonist and somebody done upset you and you want to take vengeance upon them, you want to straighten them out and correct them, I doubt if God has chosen you to, to, to punish anybody. Okay? Or if there's some reason that you can identify in your own life that, uh, you know, I do enjoy a little chaos. And I don't mind causing it to watch it. Like that guy that, you know, in California that was a fireman and set all those fires so he could, you know, respond to them. Seventy fires, he said. Or the son of Sam. You remember uh, Sam Berkowitz? You remember son of Sam? 
You know, well, he wasn't first known for murdering. He actually got caught because he was the first, an arsonist, and he started hundreds of fires. And in fact, the way that he got caught was he got mad at the guy that lived above him in the apartment because he was mad at him. And he initially went up there years earlier and started a fire in front of that guy's door and wrote him some letters, nasty letters about stop this, stop that, and, and end up setting a fire. Well, uh, that, that arson was, was investigated. And later on, years after that, when Son of Sam was being sought, nobody knew who he was and he was killing. He'd killed six people in serial murder. They went and saw some of the handwriting from that note that he wrote to his, uh, you know, a, a apartment neighbor whenever he set his house on fire that I mean that 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 it ended up that that those two things handwritings matched that's how they caught him well okay what can we do to keep from kindling accidental negligent arsonistic is that a word or pyromaniatic <laughs> fires pyromanious well number one let me ask you, examine yourself. Please examine your heart. Examine yourself, especially when you're about to boil over. Examine your own life. What have you left behind you? What is encircling you? What is your life made up of? You know, what's your track record? Examine your life. Learn to recognize sin in your own life. Jesus said, get that beam out of your own eye before you worry about the moat in somebody else's. For your friends this week, you might encourage him. Listen, how about just examining your heart? What is your motivation? What is your hope of outcome here? Are you trying to hurt somebody? Okay. Judge yourself, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one says, and you won't be judged. We need to judge ourselves. Okay, so number one, examine yourself. That's where things begin with God, is examining ourselves. We should lay our life before God. You can talk to him about anything. You should lay your life before him. And let, you know, let, let the Holy Spirit help you examine your heart, examine yourself. And number two, you need to take a step in a new direction. If you find that, that, that you have caused a lot of accidental fires, or you've been negligent, or you have some arsonistic tendencies, or if you just enjoy a little pyromania, Things that you can do with your tongue, that be, that's, that's destructive. Take a step in a new direction. Say to yourself, I am not going to speak evil of another person. Well, that's exactly what Titus 3.2 says. Speak evil of no man. If you have a habit of speaking evil of people, just take a step in a new direction. And just say to yourself, I'm not going to be complaining and speaking evil of people anymore. Just say that to yourself. Uh, 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 I'm not going to let any corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. Ephesians 4.29. Okay? I'm not going to do that. Okay? I'm going to speak only that which is good to the use of edifying. It administers grace to the hearers and not death. Ephesians 4.29. And, and, and verbally, verbally give the Holy Spirit permission to interrupt you when he knows you're about to set a fire. I do that. I have done. Verbally, Holy Spirit, would you remind me? Would you speak to me? When I'm about to do this, because I have a habit or I have a, a, you know, a propensity, Lord, help me. I need help. I'm tempted with this. Would you speak to me? Interrupt my life, Holy Spirit. Ask him to. Pray for him to. And when he does, just like Psalms 141.3 says, Set a watchman upon my mouth, O Lord, and keep the door of my lips. Do not let anything crooked or perverse pass thereby. Psalms 141.3. But about 
the most important thing you can do if you want to stop something from coming out your mouth is don't let it any longer live in your heart. You got to fill the well with the water you want to draw out of there. Because this is what Jesus said in Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're going to say whatever's in your heart. And the only hope you have is to change what's in your heart. You see, because only you can prevent forest fires. Amen. Amen. Amen.